0: Yeah, so he gets in the cab. I'm like, where to? He's like, just take me to my house. I'm like, I'm happy to, sir. Where is it? He goes, yeah, I don't know. It's yellow. So did you drop him off at like the school bus? Yeah. I was like... <laughs> he didn't know the I, difference. I dropped him off at the police station.
1: <laughs> he doesn't even know where his house is.
2: Well, you know, hey, police station. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, we're rolling. Oh,
0: well then let's roll. All right, he's Mark. And he's Rich. And we are Two, two Guys, guys on, on Block Island. Island.
1: We do what we
2: do what all right, insane. ladies and gentlemen, today our guest is a, uh, I don't even know what what words we could use to describe our guest today. He's uh, one of the elder statesmen of Block Island culture. Um, he's worn many hats over the years out here, uh, from chief of police all the way to your local friendly taxi driver. Uh, he's a legend. I'm going to go and go ahead and Put I would, it, Put it on the record that this guy is a Block Island legend. Agreed. Okay. Yep. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Vin McAlew.
0: How you doing, Vin? I'm doing fine, thank you. You thank look you. like
2: you're doing good, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Things are
0: good. That's what we like to hear. Life that is good. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of life being good, we like to kick off each guest with their Block Island story. Like, when did you first start coming, or when did your family first start coming, and, you know... Um, Nobody's going to know if you're telling the truth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's Rumor true. has it you were Verrazano's cabin boy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Only Kevin Weeven knows that. <laughs> um, my first year on the island was uh, in July of 1939. I was, I think, about eight or nine days old. My mother and family were spending the summer on the island anyway, so this was a delayed coming to the island because
0: they had to wait for me to get out of the hospital i guess <laughs> wait wait, two seconds quick question what what's your birthday june 25th oh i'm july july 10th so i have a similar arrival here you know there you go okay go ahead i'm sorry to interrupt we came over on
3: the elizabeth ann which was the main boat at that time it was about a 97 foot boat i think and it only had a beam of uh, 13 feet, so that oh. thing rolled all the time. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think it was a war, World War I, um submarine chaser. Really? Yes. And then, of course, the Ranowski family picked it up and converted it to what it was. I don't really remember much about that. Um, certainly that trip I didn't. But um, it it ran right up through World War II, and I do remember a little bit of that. Yeah. At the end of it, summers on the island. They, my family, rented every year.
2: Okay, uh, up to a point. Was it a different house every year, or did you kind of find one place that was the main place? Well, we
3: always wanted to find one place, but uh, people didn't want the McElroys back. (laughs) 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 We were hard.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh. but I do remember
3: in. uh, The end of the war in 1945, we were at the Redgate Farm then. Okay. The little red house, not the real yeah. one. And um, my mom and I, and I think one of my sisters, we walked down to the end of Payne's Dock because the first boat from the mainland was coming in since the war ended. Oh. And my father, who was very friendly with uh, John Renacci Sr., um, They were up in the helm. The name of the boat was the Rocket. I believe it was Wooden Hull, and it was uh, kind of like a PT boat. Okay. And about that size, but again, modified for taking passengers. And um, when they came in through the gap at the Coast Guard Station, two Coast Guard boats were out there. that had uh, water cannons because they would be able to put out fires. And they shot it up in the air and made a rainbow. Not that the color was, but they made an archway yeah, yeah. of water and the um boat came in underneath it or the rocket came through it, I should say. And I always just remember that. It was that's a pretty that was striking a big thing when I was five visual. years old or six years old. But it was the end of the war, and everyone was happy. I'm surprised Payne's Doc l- held up, because everyone Everybody was came coming. out for it. Yeah. So that same summer, not that summer, the same summer there, we only spent one summer there. I mean, my mom would always, uh, once a week, we could get a lobster roll from Dead Eyes. That was the treat. That was the treat. And she used to send me down there, not at first, but as it, later on in the season, you know, she was still only six years old or five years old, whatever. And um, the fear that I had was Dick Dodge. He was, uh, you know, he would sit in that building, keep you know where the bar was, keeping an eye on the bartender. I assume. <laughs> Is this at Dead Eyes? At Dead Eyes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And um, we would. I mean, not we, but I would come in. My mother had made the phone call to pick up two lobster rolls or whatever. And I'd walk in and, you know, it was kind of a dark building when you walked in. And there was this man sitting over there. And I think I was petrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew who he was. I yeah, didn't but, mean as a personal yeah. threat. It, it but, was like yeah. a test to get Adult, by the keeper yeah, of the lobster roll, child, you know. Yeah. And I remember he'd go, what do you want, boy? <laughs> and that was definitely with a small b. Um, so anyway, I'd get it, and, and then I'd run home to that Redgate farm. I wouldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> the lobster rolls were, I think, $2 a piece then, and uh, they were as good then as they are now. Yeah, I never lost my
2: taste for them. So are you a hot-buttered lobster roll guy or uh, may- cold with the mayo and the... I don't remember. Today? (laughs) Yeah, today. Well, the first
3: one, I like hot butter. The second one, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do like
2: them. All right, so you get, uh, so lobster rolls were the big treat back then.
3: Well, it was for, uh, for the Macalons, that's for sure. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, many times people ask, when did you first come here? And it really goes back much further than that, not for me personally, but uh, years ago, where our family came from in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, the educational system at the time where women could or girls could get up to 8th grade, and that was the end of it. They didn't have the—well, it's 12 now, I mean, as far as free education. And girls getting out of 8th grade in Pawtucket at that time went to work in the mills. Wow. Yeah. And that's what it was. Yeah. It was not unusual. I mean, it didn't, it's just what what it was. No priority, and, uh, pay the rent, put her, food on the table. Yeah. Her uh that was be my grandmother and her parents didn't want they wanted something better for her to get out of that routine. And they answered an ad in the, I assume it was the Providence Bulletin that somebody on Block Island was a family on Block Island were looking for a nanny. So They answered the ad, and uh, my grandmother was hired. She was actually a little bit older than that, I think, but she was maybe 13, 14. She hadn't gone into the the, the mills yet. So they sent her to the island, and she went to a family that had one child, a girl, and uh, she spent, I think, three winters on Block Island and two summers before she went back to the mainland.
0: Oh, so she didn't come just see, like for the summer season. She no, was a full-time... she was a employee. employee.
2: Uh, so she had the... In lieu island. of working at the mills, instead of working at the mills, this was her job. Yes. I'd say that's a pretty good deal rather than going to work in a Although, mill. Although, I don't know, it's probably very different out here on Block Island back
3: then. <clears throat> well, that's true, too. What I think it did for us, though, was that it kind of softened the blow when we started coming over as family. Her name was recognized... At that time, you yeah. know, and <clears throat> it, anyway, it softened it. It was kind of a tough transition, I think, in the old. i but you, you were summer trash, you know. <laughs> 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 That's what it was. Yeah. So then, when she went back to the mainland years later, when she was married, and you know, the two-week vacations they all had, and they shut down the mills and all that stuff in New England area, they came here for two weeks every summer so that's how my father came in he fell in love with the place and so when he got married and uh you know finished college and everything he came over and he and my mom and uh had a number of houses we stayed in Sherm dodgers house okay where glenn is now that we rented out one year though i don't remember that either
0: uh, Rose Farm Inn during World War Two, the uh, I got news for you. There's people that stayed here last summer that don't remember. <laughs> <So> don't, <laughs> there
3: you go. But anyway, um, we had great times at um, the Rose Farm Inn because the uh, older section of the Rose Farm Inn right now is just a farmhouse. You know, they put all big additions on it later on, and that was um, fun. And they had an active farm going there, cows, horses, and stuff like that. So kid from Pawtucket that lived on a 50-by-100 lot, um, this was this was heaven. You could run out there with your shoes off and all this stuff. And Mrs. Rose, Ma Rose, um, had some employees that lived in the barn, et cetera. And they took me down there and showed me how to milk cows and stuff, which I just watched. But uh I always thought, and he was a pretty tall man, and I said to him, you know, how did you get that, you know, you're really tall, and um, he said, well, it's because I jump in cow flops with my (laughs) shoes
0: off.
3: (laughs) Did you fall for it? Oh, of course. (laughs) So I came back up into the house. My mother wouldn't let me in. (laughs) uh,
2: Did your mom break it to you? Was she the one that broke it to you that that you'd been had? (laughs) Honey, a
0: a cow patty foot rub is not going to make you taller. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) So that didn't work.
3: (laughs) We had some good houses where we stayed. We had uh, one summer, I think it was 49 and 51, we were at the Dewey Cottage. Okay. Uh-huh. On uh, Ocean Avenue, and uh, that was a single-family house, and it hadn't been broken down into a b and But one of my favorite ones was in interim year there. Again, we weren't allowed back in 50, <laughs> so we had to
2: go to another
0: house. And, we and you booked to, it under a new name for 51. Yeah, fa- <laughs>
2: Um, Your real name used to be Makalunovich, I hear, but you just <laughs> had to keep changing it, Vincenzo. Yeah, Vincenzo, Vinc- yeah, Vincenzo Makaloni. Macal- so,
3: 1950, we had the house that was owned by the loose family, which became the Solviken. Oh later on. But in '50, it was just a regular house there, and I guess historically, it was a blacksmith shop. I mean, certainly way before my time. The Vandeluse owned. That house, and they always rented it, but they owned the property across that little pond, where um, the depot is now, and that yeah. house yep. on the hill. Yep. They owned all that. They were. He was a dentist from uh, New Jersey, I think. And they had a son named Peter, who, uh, at a young age, like fifteen or sixteen, got his pilot's license because his dad was a pilot as well. And I, it just, I, I couldn't fathom how somebody could fly a
0: plane at 16, but not be allowed to drive a car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but those are still the rules, I believe. I, yeah. I've said that about the meat slicer in the kitchen. Now, how can you give the car keys to this kid, but he's not legally old enough to use a meat slicer? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> just, True know. enough.
0: But my beauty there
3: was you wake up in the morning and hop out of bed and you, Take off your PJs, put on a bathing suit, and run down yeah.
2: the stairs and go across the street. So for our listeners that don't know, the, the Slovican property that Vin's talking about, is uh, it was. It's not there anymore. The The structure was torn down about 10 years ago, I think. But it was the lot uh, to the, if you're looking at it from the water perspective, to the right of the beachhead. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And there's a little parking area and a little park there. That's that a dedicated out. park now. So that's yes. where, yeah, you would wake up, and your, your front door is the Atlantic Ocean. Yes. Whew. It was... Uh,
3: it just, you know, I was, I think, eleven that year, and um, was the just fun. Was Cornneck Road even paved, or was it still a dirt road? Easy now. Well, no, I'm
0: <laughs> just saying. I, I mean, yeah. I, 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 did you, <laughs> Rich? Don't offend the guest. How many times do I have to tell I you? Didn't, I didn't ask if they invented <laughs> water. He could drink,
3: which we didn't have much of it in there.
2: <laughs> was there plumbing and electricity, or no? Was it just? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, was, hau-
0: the house I summered in didn't have. Yeah. Rich grew up in a house so out I'd, here. I'm with, not asking because of age. Well, I, just, I know. That. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I even remember certain roads that are now paved that were still dirt for a while. You know, mm-hmm. when I was a little kid. So, uh, but, but that one was okay. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um,
3: good digs, though. My thought uh, there, my memories there, kind of put me into reality for the rest of my life. Then, how so? At my. Older sister Nancy told me that if I took the family umbrella, beach umbrella, yeah, climbed up and out the window, and there was a porch roof yeah. there, oh, I think no. I see where this is going, <laughs> and uh, opened it up and jumped down and be just like a
2: parachute. Well, I did it. Even after the even after the jumping up and down and cow poop, <laughs> you fell for that one still. Yeah. No. Slow learner. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it was different. It was different. It was a new challenge. Well,
2: I
3: wish to tell you, you come down pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was hurting, lying there screaming and at her more than anything else. She was so, she laughed so hard she wet her pants. And that was my way of getting even, even though I didn't realize
0: And you say sometimes your family wasn't welcome back to a rental <laughs> yeah. property. Hmm. Now you know why. Why, why, aren't, why can't we come back? Yeah. Well, your kid is jumping out the third floor window with an umbrella. <laughs> like It's kind of a risk.
3: Well, thank God it was only the second floor. Yeah. You're right. Far right? enough.
0: Right. <laughs> Plus,
3: there were five of us. We had an uh, older brother. No, he did. not so I was the middle child in the five. And uh, so that was my finest <laughs> memory of um, so <laughs> <vegan product and laughs> Actually going swimming every morning, almost yeah. every morning was. But Sounds like the living was pretty easy back then, pretty idyllic. It was. Yeah. Uh, as I got a little older, because we, we kept coming back
2: every year, uh, you got to know some of the, the island kids. Yeah. And, now you're in your teenage years, probably, getting into your teenage years. In the years. beginning of that, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Who were your buddies? Who'd you hang out with? Who were your um, Alvin Ernst. Uh, Denny Hines was three or
3: four years younger than me then. Jimmy Ernst was the same. Um, Bill Milliken was. Um, I always just wanted to hang with them, you know, cause And they let you, that's... No. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Him. I was going to ask, him, was it easy to get into that group? Well, I, you know, you tried, you know. It wasn't like rejected from a fraternity no, or something, but it was... But, you know... Was, you know. So one time I said to Bill Milliken, Bill, can, you know, I want to hang around with you or whatever, and he goes... You're nothing but summer trash.
0: Wow, <laughs> no, straight up. That's wow. what I was gonna say. I think it was even harder back then. Now the rest of them weren't that way. No,
3: it was um, Bobby Rose and those guys. It was it was fun. And Bill and I became obviously very good friends. We worked together as adults. And really had a shared a good relationship. Yeah, he worked on the police department with me when I was there, and. He was a town sergeant, and then I became one after that And with his advice. Only took
0: 30 years, and then he let you hang out with him.
2: (laughs) 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 You you put in your time. (laughs) I guess so. So So what kind of shenanigans did you guys get up to?
3: Well, I was picture perfect, so I I never uh, got in trouble. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. One of the reasons I didn't get in as much trouble as the rest of my family I could run. I was pretty fast <laughs> as a kid. So it isn't that I didn't participate. It's yeah. just that I didn't I wasn't apprehended. You were able to get
2: away. Yes.
0: Yeah. It became a trait for me. You don't think you can outswim that shark. I just have to outswim you. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to do. Outrun the rest of the family.
3: Actually it led on to other things in high school and college and after. I love running. I could always run when when I tried to. Did you know. do
0: track or anything like that in school? Oh, yes. Oh,
3: really? Um, 57, I made uh, All-State and, you know, given away age here. In the 440, that's the quarter mile. Yeah. yeah. They hadn't gone to meters yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But we in my junior year, we won cross-country in the state, though I was uh, down at the end of the scoring part of that team. Yeah. I was certainly there were three runners much better than I was. But it got me a scholarship to URI so wow that helped it was a half scholarship the first year and after that it was a full boat wow so they didn't want to, invest, nice to they didn't want
0: to invest too much till they made sure you was stuck around for the for the first year yeah yeah, yeah. They checked your references
2: with the real estate agencies on Block Island. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we don't know if he's going to make Let's it. Let's give him the, a half
0: yeah. a scholarship for the first year. Did you have any relation to the funeral home out here? Was that a family member? My parents bought that in 52,
3: 1952. And as I said, other than that, we were just renting houses. Um, with um, fifty two, they bought that in the wintertime and couldn't close the deal... And this is, to me, a very interesting story. That um, that was the Baptist parsonage for the Baptist church that in town, and so that's where the ministers, you know, lived.
0: Okay, let's give a quick location. So this is Old lo- Town Road across the street from what we all call the Duck, the duck pond. pond. Correct. On the right, Mansard roof house. It's still there. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, and it's still yep. there up on the hill. If you're yes. coming from. Uh, the Old Town Inn, towards town, on the left-hand side, up up on the hill, just above the road. You've got it. And it
3: was built in about eighteen seventies and four, and it was through the state of Rhode Island to the church. It was, it was involved in it, and one of the things that said it you you couldn't you couldn't sell it or something like that. Yeah. So now the Baptist Church wanted to sell it, and when they did, the uh, proceeds of that sale went to the Baptist Church, and that's when they built the church. Oh, in Old Harbor, the Old Harbor Baptist Church. The Old Harbor Ah. Baptist Church. Not the whole building, but the front that is dedicated to being a church right now. Okay. Okay. And that's how that $8,700 sale. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There were about six and a half acres. Holy cow. Oh, It was, uh, that was a great place. But now the... Did they run it as a funeral home, now, or no, never? Not until later. Oh, later. But when we were young kids, and from 52, I think, probably in the 60s, he, I really believe he probably did it for a tax write-off more than anything. Instead of just saying he had a summer home, he had a business over there, and there ah. certain things. Oh. But he became the, there was a funeral director on the island named down where the um, hardware store is right now okay. on Ocean Avenue but um was that name affiliated with Negus Park is that named yes, after his family I'm sure it's the family wow i know there were at least two other neguses but uh you know it was way before me Yep. Um, so that was a great place and it um, just fun just a mile from
0: town and, was, your, and your dad sets it up as some kind of a business for tax purposes. Yes, he did. Yeah. And and so, and so, was that the funeral parlor? Yes. Oh, okay. So he had he had any experience in that, or did he just own the business?
3: And, At one point, he put an addition on it, which has since been torn down again, but uh, put an addition on to actually have uh, a place where you could come in when it was a funeral. Um, it wasn't really a high caliber of... Um, situations where when someone died i mean the and negus at one time his uh limousine uh, wouldn't start so he went and picked up the body in a wheelbarrow oh wow really it's a slight slight downgrade before my time yeah yeah uh, allegedly that's what they said people told us
0: well but anyway I, i have to say having some experience in that field it's time is important so if something's not <laughs> yeah. going right, you just you do have to get things. Yeah, going. you don't want a black plague situation. No, your hands. you have to <laughs> try and courteously bring out your yeah. dead. Yeah. Bring out your yep. dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So uh, in your teenage years, I think I heard you were a lifeguard. Were you? Yes, from uh, '57,
3: I went nine years okay. as a lifeguard there. Summers, obviously.
2: And you,
3: w- w- you were buddies with uh, Dicky Kylie. Dick Kylie and I came from Pawtucket.
2: Did you grow up together since um, you were kids? Or he what was you...
3: two years older than me. Okay. But even then where I went to high school, which was St. Rayfield Academy in Pawtucket, we were about a mile and a half, two miles away. Dick had a car, and if I met him down at the end of a certain street every morning, I'd hop in and get a ride over, which was nice. Um, for my junior, senior year, however, I had to hoof it, but... Oh, yeah. It was the norm. Everyone, yeah. everyone. It was yeah. no big deal. Yeah. yeah. But
2: so did you, Did was Dickie already coming out to Block Island, or did you bring him out, or did he bring, you know, how did that all go down?
3: Our parents were friends in Pawtucket. Okay. In fact, uh, one of the years in World War II, oh, uh, well, and it was 44, I guess, uh, my mother was pregnant with uh, my brother Terry, and so she didn't want to come out for the summer, and Mr. Kylie, Dick's father, had a uh, powerboat. And so, and we had a beautiful old car called the Black Island Bell on the island. It was one of those roadsters with the jump seat in the back. <laughs> it was, uh, so the Kylies used the car and my father used the boat. That's a good trade-off. And we were in Twisset Point, which is down in Warren, I believe, in that uh, rhode island and um we did spend one summer there okay but that is it the rest of the time with dick Kylie, we were just dear friends yeah and really mike
2: and where did mike mooney fit in did you know you, his he family
3: in- were from Pawtucket? okay uh good friends with our parent my parents and they came every summer right the moon now, Mike Mooney's got his own house here now, a beautiful house up in
2: uh, Old Mill Road. In fact, my first summer here, you were living in that house. That's where I met you for the first time. Okay. Yeah. And you you said, hello, young man. And you shook my <laughs> hand, and I was like, who's this guy. He's kind of like cool. Like. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, I was hanging out with uh some of the, the kids. Yeah, they all worked at Finn's. Yeah, think. a lot of the guys the kids, that, yeah, Dave, Poggy and all. I went to high school with Dave. Oh, okay. Yeah, we grew up together, but anyway, sorry. That was a fun time. There. But you guys, so you and Mike and Dickie were all lifeguards together, I think, right? And I, because uh, yes. somebody showed me a picture, I think, of the training you guys did in those boats, the rowboats and there's a wave and I think you, the three of you guys or a couple of you are in that boat like cresting away it's a great picture we had two dories
3: that we used yeah and uh, they were called cape cod dories. i guess it's a specific type but they're beautiful in the surf yeah they were fun and um later on i don't remember which year these were getting pretty old and one of them was leaking all the time and pretty, so at that time the town or the state beach had groins going out into wooden groins going yeah, out there yeah, to those catch the things. sand yeah and uh we all you know we we all liked the boat so we'd always go out patrolling by boat up and down the beach <laughs> patrolling and uh this one was uh leaking like mad so mike mooney waited for the appropriate wave put it right in gear as far as because you came in stern first yeah and uh plowed right into it <laughs> we had a new boat in a week <laughs> we were all thankful
0: to mike wow that's one way to get an upgrade yeah right?
1: destroy the old Just destroy one destroy it yeah
0: yeah it's reasonable well it sounded like it had seen its day
3: as far as the Mooney's going on his his dad lonnie mooney owned uh had the uh concession at the state beach okay which was much smaller than in his you know Different, but Terry Mooney, who's been on the town council here on sure. the island, yeah. um, he was—he uh, ran the stand for his dad because his father had another business in Wayland Square in Providence, and um, Terry—they had two coolers that uh, you, you mix with a concentrate, like uh, one was lemonade, one was yeah. grape or something and uh, those things are always bubbling all day and people bought stuff from them but if it was a rainy day and we knew people weren't coming one of them put the out of order sign on it
0: oh ah, I and see. there was a secret in- that's when I mean, the secret we, ingredients uh, went yes in. the
3: yes. secret ingredients Spike went in, in and the punch and, uh, <laughs> we had a great summer
2: <laughs>
3: every morning come on rain <laughs>
2: No, it's oh. the, the, the funny thing is the the stories you're telling now aren't really drastically different from the stories I have when I'm I sure. when I came out here and was yeah. working at the mopeds, you know, with with the, my buddies. Yeah, you know, you, you're. You didn't go on to become chief of police. <laughs> well, no, but I was spoken to a couple of times by the chief of
0: police. Not the same. No, not quite. very different. Not quite. I just
3: want to let you know though, we had a designated lifeguard. He couldn't participate. Okay. No, well, of, course of course
2: you were
0: responsible. Yes, yes. Of yes. course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And when everybody got really drunk, they got mouth to mouth. Yeah. Like a revival. <laughs>
2: revival. Practice. Well, you got to practice that too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh, uh, Vin, at what point does Block Island become your home, your year-round home? I moved, we moved over here in 72. I had
3: told Denny Hines, who we were, oh, by the way, Mike Mooney, Denny Hines, myself, were college classmates. Oh,
2: you guys all went to URI together? Yes. Okay.
3: There were difference in ages, yeah. but, because uh, I got kicked out of URI at one point, <laughs> and, and um, uh-huh. went in the military, got that over with because yeah. he had to in those days. Yeah. And um, then came back. So then I was at their level. Yeah. And um, anyway, we were roommates. And, uh, of course, then he lived on the island. And we had been very friendly even before college. And so anyway, um, let him know that I was interested in moving full time. And he called me one day or night or whatever it was. And uh, said, there's a place called the Neptune House. It's for sales or talked it over with meredith my wife and uh we made the horrible decision of moving over here it was great and you
2: bought the neptune house yes and was it an inn still or a hotel it was uh,
3: doesn't look anything like it did then yeah but um it was functioning yeah
0: Yeah. it was (laughs) functioning it worked there were doors i've been there for dinner yeah. It used to be a restaurant. Oh, it was a restaurant. That yeah. was
3: part of our res- uh, renovations. Yeah. Okay. Oh, putting a restaurant in. Yes. That worked well. That was actually a decent restaurant, and it came at a time when there was very little competition on the island, then, particularly when we decided to— uh, I went to the town council and asked for a liquor license— and they said, "Oh, everybody asked for that night when I but I promised I said to them, "I will keep it open year round." they said, that's what they all say, it's and it's true. because it when you you don't know, doing enough business to keep the lights on, you have to close, right, But we kept it open because I'm very thick <laughs> We probably would have done better if we closed, yeah. quite honestly. I mean, we'd have nights we opened, and uh there'd be zero, zero people coming in
0: oh yeah i I know the feeling yeah and and I honestly think up until maybe this the the sea word the covid pandemic here probably pushed block Island to a point where there is enough to sustain a year round restaurant It seems to be there's just enough now because a lot of people stayed here. During a time of year when it's, you know, I'd say the winter population here was way up, and especially the shoulder season, you know, this last year. There's no question. In mean, yeah. my,
3: my mind, and you're totally correct, it just was. remember when I was, like, at nighttime when I was uh, chief of police, let's say dead winter, you still make one run around the island. I did anyway, Riker and I did. Um, so you go down Corn Road, and you wouldn't see from... Let's say the beach head on, you wouldn't see two, maybe three lights on in a house going down and back.
2: It just, nobody was here. They Forget were about home. cars. There were no cars on the road, nobody walking.
3: If there way. were cars on the road, you kept an eye on them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Basically, if you're out at that time of year at night, you're up Especially to Especially no then. Right. So how long, let's backtrack to the Neptune. So how long did, how long did you operate the Neptune in the restaurant for? Um i'm not sure i don't Ballpark. remember but uh about well, 10 12 years i guess did you have any restaurant experience before or did you just figure it <clears> out <throat> as you went well
3: um we had a little in 1969 dick Kylie, danny Kylie, his older brother and myself we bought the yellow kittens
2: oh you were in on that yes oh wow. I realize that the things okay. you
3: learn in fact i'm the one that uh Kept it open in the wintertime once I moved over. Ah. Um, and that was a disaster in the winter, at that place. But we already had the license, we didn't care. Yeah.
2: But that was, um, yeah, we had that. Well, it's different when you're staying open to serve booze as opposed to food goes bad, the booze stays yes, fine. True so, enough, true you enough. Know. We bought that from
3: Cecil Dodge. Wow. 1969, I think we opened up in 70.
0: I think quite a storied history to that building as well. Yes. Yeah. And by that you were still seasonal. You were still a seasonal Block Island person then. That's before the Neptune House. Uh, no. The Neptune is what
3: brought us over. Oh, okay. Neptune <clears throat> first, and then we had the kittens, but we closed in the winter when, when none of us were here. Right. Gotcha. We opened up later once I moved over to the Neptune. But that was a. It was actually, the exception of Winfields, it looks, you know, exterior is yeah. pretty much the same, except it's got a really nice deck on it.
0: I was talking with another guest, just saying how so many people take pictures in front of it, and I swear they're going, this is where me and your grandpa, you know, uh, met each other, and <laughs> that's yeah. how it all started, you know. They, everybody has such fond memories of Yellow Kittens. And <clears throat> Yellow Kittens, Captain
3: I Nicks. think, opened up in 1876. Yeah. it's a long time
2: ago. Yeah. Do you have any uh, fun stories from your, your time at Yellow Kittens? The- well, I have one or two, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> it used to have a second deck. Upper floor? Yeah. Okay. And that opened up. So in other words, when you're up there, similar to what was it next? Yeah, same thing. There, except there were rooms up there. Right. Uh, okay. Rooms. <laughs> Short-term uh Short-term. Rooms. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, that was long. They were still there when we got there. But... Oh, this is before you... Oh, God, oh, yes.
0: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, it's
3: funny
0: he's telling us this, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Madam
3: <Yeah>.
0: McAloon. <laughs> well, there was some interesting
2: pl- th- things going on back in the... Like, uh, my wife and I ran the uh, Harbor Grill for a while, which was the Orchid yes. Lounge, which had a, a similar kind of storied history, but uh, it's really interesting. Orchid Lounge was fun.
3: Yeah. It Did you hang out bit. there? When they allowed it, yeah,
0: yeah, okay, um, it was. What does that mean? What do you mean when they allowed well, it?
2: Rita de Traglia and her husband John—they were characters in and of themselves. From we actually, I, I met Rita Red, yes. uh a few years back, and and talked to her about the the orchid and her days there. Where the sea crust
3: is now, yeah, that used to be a
2: bowling alley, yeah, and a couple of
3: summers when I was lifeguarding here because I didn't want to go out at night every morning, spend every cent I made during the day. (laughs) I rented those. So I ran the bowling alleys. There were two lanes. yeah, And uh, petitioned down the middle. That was to hold the building up, I guess. (laughs) And we had, uh, it was duck pins. And um, it was, I think, 30 cents to to run a string. And uh, we used to give
0: 10 cents to the pin boy. You know, pin boy was my very first job. Really? You yeah. did that? Yeah, I was a pin boy in a four four alley for the Catholic Church. No kidding. Yeah, wow. it's pretty interesting. There's a for when I did it. So there's this giant pad. You jump down in front of it. You do what you got to do. You pick up the ball, you put it, you push it, and it rolls back. And then you'd step on this pedal, and the metal prongs would shoot up, and there's a hole in the bottom of each pin. So you'd basically depress the pedal put a pin on each peg and then when you let go oh. the pins went back into the floor and it was ready to go but you had to be careful that you got out of there fast enough because <laughs> bet, yeah sister mary agnes after, she was just dying to hit me with a bowling ball a couple, <laughs> yeah Jen and Jen i you could just martinis she wouldn't she didn't care. You no, know, she's going we, for it. Encaged would be like number six is crooked. That's what you call a holy roller. <laughs> a right holy there. roller. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. So now, that was thirty cents. A, a thirty cents a string, and you gave the pin boy ten cents. Yes, nice. And you closed at ten o'clock, and reader would
3: always make sure you stayed open right till ten. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. She was good. John DeTrag was. Uh, Involved in circuses, I think, before the, they married. And at times in the um, Orchid Lounge, he would bring in this huge line, like you see for the, uh, they use them for railings um, and nautical situations, you know, line to piling. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. In fact, it's where, the, like in the taxi stand, there's some one of those. Yep. And John could type, uh, type walk rope. Yeah. He would walk across
0: the rope.
3: It would be, you know, up in and pounded into the ceiling and he would start at the door and he
2: could make it. Well, Rita told us a story that his the night that they opened the Orchid Lounge, their their ploy for weeks they were putting pumping it up around town saying uh, you know, high wire, live high wire act at the Orchid <coughs> Lounge and everyone was like, What's going on with this? We gotta see this. So they all showed up, they got everybody wasted and then everyone's like, All right, where's this high wire act? And and then John comes in and he goes, Oh, well, bar's closed. Turn the lights on. Everybody out. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. It...
0: <laughs> Sorry, it's too late. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a town ordinance. No, no tight wire walking after one a.m. Yeah, <laughs> and we did we say already that we're talking about the Orchid Lounge, which was the bar inside the current Harborside, which was the Royal Royal, Royal hotel, hotel, hotel at the time, back in the day, hotel, hotel Royal, the Hotel, the hotel Royal. Royal,
2: right, the Hotel Royal.
3: Nice. Which was the Pequot originally? Yeah wait before the hotel royale it was yes well, when it was built it was called uh yeah i'm sure it was built in the same time the rest of them were right yeah. after yeah you know 1880s um neat building after they put in the, the old harbor yep and that came through um president grant right well, that's, right right
0: that's who funded putting in the old harbor jetty yes okay and while we're on water
2: street talking about old hotels at some point You end up purchasing the National, correct? Yes. So you owned and operated the National Hotel. Uh, In two
3: different versions. Um, We bought it from Tom Capelli. Okay. And it was similar to the Neptune. It was rough. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, the rooms were all shared baths. There weren't many amenities or anything, but no one else had them either. So it wasn't that, but the location was great. So he ran it for a few years there. And I had a partner, um, Barry
0: Evans, who was a
3: lawyer out of New York.
0: I'm friends with him. Hmm? I was friends. So Barry's family owned West Hillcrest, an old boarding house on the west side. It still had the rooms. You remember? Did you go in the house? Yes. Yeah, so. And the so the front section of the house was large, like big dining room. And it had several floors going up with like eight bedrooms. But then in the back of the house, there was this two story, a hallway with the tiniest little, maybe four rooms on each floor, but it was all still there. It was pretty cool, wow. you know? And uh, so I grew up and he has a son about my age. So we became summer friends. So that's John. how I know. Yeah. John Evans. Yep. And he had with Sam Evans and Sarah. Sam too. was the youngest, was the youngest it was one. A daughter and a sister.
2: Sarah, and, I think.
0: Yes, it was. I think it was. Yep. And were
2: they active in the operations of the national? No, they, were, they were. kids. Yeah. We oh were. no, I just meant the your partner. Uh, were you? Was your oh, partner at the, at
3: the national? Yeah. Uh, no, John and Sarah didn't. But Sam, who was just a little kid growing up, we had one section of the national where we put in a game room. Oh yeah. And Sam would come up every day and say, I won. I've got the highest score. You know, yeah, keep. in the video game, yeah. And uh, how can he be doing The kid's a pretty smart kid, but I mean, how can he do this all the time? He would go up, you know, we'd give him a few quarters, and he'd go up to the machine, no one looking, pull, pull the ball. plug. <laughs> <laughs> Reset it. Reset it, and he was All every year.
2: That's one way to be the champ, I guess. He, he became
3: be- a doctor. Um, Oh, really? Yep, and I met him again uh, a few years back, maybe eight or nine years ago, and he was at um, Miriam Hospital in Providence, and he was over here for a road race, uh, the um, one that goes through the hollow. Oh, yeah, I I hear
2: he's a good doctor. You just don't want to be on life support with him because he 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 might try and get the high score
1: again. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I know well, how to fix this. Yeah, yeah, huh? <laughs> Let me just pull this yeah. out for a minute. <laughs> we'll start all over. Yeah, right. we'll just start over. Yeah, let's restart. <laughs> well, I didn't quite do what I wanted to do yesterday, so yeah. he'll be okay. Just. Re- <laughs> I haven't um, seen him recently, though.
2: But, so uh, uh, so when you were running the National, um, what were the crowds like back in those? This Is the 70s still or the 80s now? We're into the 80s. Um, so it went Neptune House, then to the National, right? Yeah, I'd say early 80s. Uh-huh. And you, the restaurant in there you opened was McAloon Saloon. That was
3: yes, we was still a national hotel, which didn't do much business, really. During the last couple of years before we did the renovations, yeah, it was really almost like a helps motel, huh? And um, so, but it worked. Yeah, the bar was a lot of fun, and uh, still chuckle over many times what it happened and still seeing the people around it like joe zabo and stan ballas and yep i've been in Bruce there Hibbs. i remember
0: you had the wood stove in there in the winter time going it was lucky that building didn't burn i was gonna say i was like holding a little fire in a box of matches yeah because i mean
2: well, I same thing with captain nicks i mean there's stories that nick deep you know at nicks they would break up the furniture in the winter time when they didn't <laughs> have any firewood and throw it in there you know so uh, so your tenure at the National goes through about the mid-'80s? or what? Well, then we did
3: the renovation,
2: and that was in the 80s.
3: Okay. And uh, after two, three years, um, Barry and I had a falling apart. Yeah, and, uh, So yeah, Meredith you know. and I got out of there, yeah. and she concentrated on the uh, Neptune
2: Oh, so she you still had you still had the Neptune at that oh, point? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't realize you had both.
3: Yeah. One time we had we had the National, the Kittens, and the ne- Neptune. Whew.
2: Man, uh, yeah, wow. So that was like uh, it sounds like uh, it was a uh, you know you were a, a, a real estate mogul out here at one point. Uh, not that well,
0: I don't think. Well, you, you know, try. you try There's even more businesses I know about. We haven't talked yet, and we jumped ahead of you because the national was after you, were Chief of Police, or before? That was before. Oh, good. Then okay, we didn't jump gonna, ahead. Well, you know what? Hey, speaking
2: of businesses, yep, we should take a little break and check in with some of the businesses that are helping us make this podcast possible.
0: All right, sounds good. We'll be right back then. <laughs> Whether you're experienced or a beginner, fishing on Block Island is one of the greatest experiences you can have. Our friends at BI Fishworks are there to make sure it's great. Block Island Fishworks offers charter trips for whatever you're after. Striped bass, bluefish, fluke, sea bass, bonita, you name it, and they know how to catch it. If you're into light tackle fishing and fly fishing, Captain Chris does morning charters for up to three people. If your group's a little larger, climb aboard the Harley with Captain Hank, and the Harley does half and full day trips for up to six people. If boats are not your thing, then there are plenty of great spots to fish from shore. Lock Island Fishworks has everything you need. They have a great selection of equipment, tackle, and plenty of tips and pointers on when and where to go and what the fish are biting. The shop, located at 40 Ocean Avenue, is open daily in season. While you're there, check out the great shirts, hats, hoodies, and a bunch of other great stuff. To book a charter, get info on the shop, check out their merch, and all things fishing, visit their website at BIFishworks.com. You know, Mark, I love fishing with those guys. You ever been out with them? Oh, my God.
2: A number of times, actually. And you know what? Every single time. We've caught fish. It's worth the trip just to
0: spend a half a day with Hank. Hank is a force of nature, as we know. Yeah, he's great. And you know what? A lot of times your fishing trip can include a buzz by or even a quick tour of the of the wind farm, which is pretty awesome.
2: And you know what? The, the, the greatest thing about Fishworks is that they have everything you need. Every Everything. Here's a great activity you don't want to miss out on on your next visit to Block Island. Exploring the Great Salt Pond in a kayak from Fort Island Kayaks. The Great Salt Pond is one of Block Island's true gems and I would say one of the most beautiful harbors in all of New England. Now I know I said kayak, but Fort Island Kayaks has stand-up paddle boards, Hobie pedal boards, as well as kayaks in all different sizes. I'm pretty sure they've even added the triple cedar and a -a peekaboo glass bottom kayak. You can rent by the hour, half day, full day or even an entire week explore the hidden coves of the pristine inner ponds find your own little spot to take a dip or soak up some sun there's spectacular scenery around every bend and you'll get some of the best views of the island that you can't really see any other way so whether you're flying solo or with the whole family make sure this is one on your to-do list Oh, yeah. Here's a tip. If you're in a group of six or more, you definitely want to make a reservation in advance. Fort Island Kayaks is operated by our good friends at Block Island Fishworks and is located right next door. For rates, availability, and reservations, visit their website at BIFishworks.com or just give them a call at 401-466-5392.
0: So, Mark, I wonder if that glass bottom kayak you could find maybe Captain Kidd's treasure or something. Ooh,
2: that's exciting, right? You could uh, turn your afternoon into a treasure hunt.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Those pedal boards look really cool, too. A bicycle on the water. What will they think of next? Ugh, modern science. So whether it's your first time on the island or you're a seasoned veteran, next time you're booking a vacation, before you do, check out the Neptune House Resort. It's really an amazing place to stay. Their 23 modern condo-style units have full kitchens outfitted with everything, including full-size refrigerators. The Neptune House Resort offers studios, one-bedrooms, and two-bedroom units available April through October. And let me tell you, the shoulder seasons are a great time to come out to Block Island. The views are spectacular and the property has so many amenities to offer. There's a heated pool, tennis courts, gas grills, and picnic tables. There's even a game room with a pool table. Sammy and the rest of the staff are there for you if you need anything. We all know location is key and that's another reason to make the Neptune House your next Block Island stay. It's tucked away from the hustle bustle. But it's just a short walk to Old Harbor ferries, restaurants, shops, beaches, and live entertainment. After a day at the beach and exploring the island, what could be better than a dip in the pool and sitting on the deck watching the Block Island sunset? Check out the views and all that the Neptune House has to offer online at neptunehouse.com. You know, my family came out to visit once and stayed at the Neptune House, and they couldn't say enough
2: nice things about it.
0: You know, it's kind of got everything you need, and the views from those upper decks are spectacular and uh, my God. It's heated pool. so
2: nice. Heated pool. You had me at heated. Yeah, I'm there. Let's get our <laughs> bathing suits on now. If you're on island, pay a visit to Diamond Blue Surf Shop, located right at Bridgegate Square, a.k.a. the 4-Way. Don't let the name fool you. While Diamond Blue specializes in surfing, they have so much more to offer. Diamond Blue features an amazing line of clothing hats, swimsuits, shades, footwear, bracelets, and lots of accessories. Diamond Blue rents surfboards, paddleboards, wetsuits, and boogie boards at the shop. They've also got kayaks and beach chair rentals down at the beach talk about convenient. Diamond Blue has experienced surfing instructors on call for lessons all summer. Your surf lessons include a surfboard and wetsuit. It's a great way for the kids or anyone to safely learn how to catch their first sweet wave. Diamond Blue will have you hanging 10 in no time. So stop in and visit Jen and the gang at Diamond Blue Surf Shop. For all info on rentals, surf lessons, or to shop online, visit diamondbluebi.com. You know what I love about Diamond Blue? They have the best apparel. For example, this past October, I was here in the fall, and I was freezing, and I got the coolest surf jacket
0: there. Oh, yeah. Hoodies, hats. They You can Christmas shop there. I mean, you should. They do the Christmas stroll usually, yeah. and uh, you can order online. So totally. you left the island. You're like, I wish I bought that for my son for Christmas. They've you know?
2: got such cool stuff there. Very cool. And Jen and her staff are the nicest.
0: Jen is so chill. <laughs> All right, thanks to those sponsors so much for keeping this podcast going. And we're back with uh, a little more conversation with Vin McAloon. I'm enjoying it a lot so far. Um, all right, so we've heard your entrepreneurial real estate investments, <laughs> your foolery <laughs> of staying open year-round, even getting, though it made no sense. Getting kicked out
2: of rental house after rental house, <laughs> all of
0: that. At some point, you, you do a full U-turn and become law enforcement on Block Island. That happened... Um, <laughs> In '74, and how did you come to acquire that role? The
3: previous uh, person who had the role of police department in charge of was a fellow named Robert Weskett, lived on Old Town Road, and uh, either in those days the town council appointed you. Okay, and well, I mean which technically they still do, but uh, if the Democrats get in, then this guy became Republicans in an office. Yeah, yeah, well, someone, no, of course. Someone there was on no, the
0: council didn't like you. This was you, pre-town manager. There was no town manager, so no. the town council acted, right. made decisions and acted on them. So, you know, they advertised that the position, but, I mean, it paid
3: so little than any police officer on the mainland who would love to become chief yeah. uh, until they found out... What it was like on Block Island in those days in the winter. And it didn't pay. It didn't pay. Th- you know,
0: think I think there's th- some truth to that now. You know, a lot of people see a job out here and think it's so appealing, and then they realize the challenges of living here year-round. So
3: anyway, it came down to two people, Paul Riker and myself. And I hadn't met Paul before then, but um, became really good friends anyway. So anyway, I was appointed chief, and he was my deputy but we both had the same powers, basically, yeah. and we, we shared that that way. In those days, we worked, uh, in the wintertime, we worked one week on, one week off. So you were responsible for that one week of coverage. There was one winter where the town gave us enough money to buy, like, a winter uniform, but only one. So when our ship would be ship making a <laughs> change shift on a Tuesday morning... E- either my wife or his wife would uh, have to wash, you know, get the things <laughs> So of it, it was basically just cover all, you know, cover yeah. all uniform. That's or, pretty. Much. I hope you guys were at least the same size or close. <laughs> uh, we were close at that time. Close enough. <laughs> but it was, uh, that's how we started. Oh, we didn't have a, we didn't really have a budget. Yeah. Uh, we started, I had a friend that knew how to write grants. Yeah. Uh, he did that for us, and uh, the town got some more stuff and equipment. We had, we didn't have a police car at that time. You used your own car, and you got paid a dollar a day for gasoline. So they called POV personal, yeah. you,
2: you know. And you have like a little blue light that plugged in, and you
3: <laughs> put it on top if you had to chase someone. Well, and, and as far as radios. Who are we going to radio with? It was (laughs) was just you anyway. (laughs) There's no dispatcher. No.
2: What backup? (laughs) So if something was going on on the island, let's say, and you were out cruising around and there was something that was, how would you find out about it? You
3: would call into the state airport. They had a uh, year-round 24-hour desk man at the state airport. And he was really not there for us. He was there. It started with the fire department. Okay. So they had somebody answering the phone if you called into the fire department.
2: And uh, so that's how that started. And, and I, when you say it was you and Paul and you took turns in shifts, literally there was just two of you. In the winter. In the winter. And then so what happened in the summertime?
3: We, uh, we could hire uh, constables. Similar to what they do now. Okay. But you have to remember, that the, the laws have changed. I could have never been chief of police. I had never had a background
2: in it. it you didn't do. go to an academy or any training. They just nope. gave you a badge and a gun.
3: They uh, didn't even give you the gun.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no card, the badge. They're,
3: They're like, pretty yeah. smart. <laughs>
0: Did you see the ad? Pay, $1 a day. Own gun, re- must have own gun. And <laughs> yeah. car, apparently. And car. So we got uh, a nice federal
3: grant, and we got a queen victoria Sweet. and the, the, all the all that the um police <laughs> officers that you know had on yeah. the mainland all the departments <laughs> but um like the second month i was on i went off to south kingston police department for yeah. six or eight weeks and worked a couple of weeks with juvenile a couple of weeks patrol a couple of weeks administration and right. detectives and all that so you got stuff. a little training in yeah and, you probably got more there because it was you were in the car right. out there with him, or in the office talking right. budgetary problems. You know, that so it was all practical.
2: Stuff. It wasn't just yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: It was really good. And then Riker went after. Yeah, after I went, he went, and um, it was just good times. Paul and I, um, the town kind of left us. A, we did have a police commission then, yeah, and uh, I thought they were great. Who was on the police commission then? I don't think anyone is still alive. Um, I think Jimmy Ernst was on it for Jimmy. a while because I think there was always one member from the council and Jimmy was on council. But we had uh, Al Sonia. Um, I don't remember all of them. But it was, um, we'd meet once a month. Yeah. And, uh they would just be like the ears of the community yeah you know having a cup of coffee someplace and uh, someone's saying, you know i saw this happen and yeah so they were i always thought they were
2: helpful yeah what were some of the big like police issues you had to deal with back then i mean what was, like and what were the summer crowds like was it like it is now or was it relatively
3: speaking uh the summer crowds uh you know we thought it was busy but yeah. it's nothing like today right absolutely nothing one thing that always got me, though, that even today, when people get their vehicles off the boat when they drive off, it's always congestion right at... When you hit yeah. Front Street, yeah. Water Street. And um, I always thought, well, why Why don't they put a police officer out there? And uh, whatever the comments were, why, why not, I won't get into. But on weekends back when Riker and i were on we had one person out there only on friday saturday sundays or yep. saturday sunday and only in the high season but um we were doing it then and it it, it worked yeah
2: it really did uh, they do it and um they have I, th- I think there's officers down there at the boats now pretty much uh i feel like there are when i go down there uh,
3: not to get into any issues there but uh I'd like to see them more uh, doing more police traffic copping.
2: Yeah, if I want to put it that way. Yeah, like directing traffic and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah,
3: I saw it a couple of times. Well, you're I there. You're the,
2: you're the boot. You're in the, at the cab stand there, so you see everything. So it's
3: always easier for me to be critical of the police department now that I'm off it. <laughs> well, I mean, you've and paid... I'm not being critical. No, by the way.
2: I mean, it's well, constructive criticism's not a bad thing necessarily. But I mean, look, you're—I uh, mean, you've got experience. You're—you're, you're, as they say, OG. Yeah. You know. So, um, what, again? Like, do you have any funny stories from as a police officer? Because I we had one. Uh, what did? What was the one, Michael Bryant? Was it when you were you? police or was it Billy McComb did you remember. ever have to go up to the Sullivan house and uh because uh Michael Brian's mom locked herself out and let her back oh, in? oh I think that was Billy McComb was that Billy McComb <laughs> I have been oh yes. it's Billy okay that's a different but story,
0: she so. would purposely like she would call from the phone in the house to say she was locked out just so he could come up there and climb through the have window a coffee and a you know scotch <laughs> Finger, scotch, sandwiches right. in scotch. finger sandwiches and scotch the okay. only
3: connection i had with mike was when i had the national and mike applied for a job and of course michael O'Brien? yes yeah. michael Bryan. when most and we wanted him you know so he we had a van and we would pick up people at the airport or something and bring them back down to the national so mike became the driver And it wasn't until the end of the summer that we found out
0: he didn't have a license. (laughs) (laughs) Details, you know. And now, you know what? That's a neat thing you bring up because I forgot all about that so... I do remember that the hotels, Do you, I don't know if you remember this, Mark, the hotels would each have a van down at the boat screaming the names: Springhouse, Surf Hotel, and you'd find that you'd listen for the name, and then you'd go to that driver, and they would grab yep. your luggage and your stuff and bring you to your hotel. No that kidding. was kind of the norm. Springhouse, Springhouse, Springhouse did that all the man. time.
3: Narragansett did it yep. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm sure there were more. I just remember those yeah. two,
0: and you used to hear them. That was part of the chime down there. Yes, the, it was. You'd hear the drivers shouting like they were hawking, you know, just like peanuts. Get your peanuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like Springhouse yeah. arrogance, you know, <laughs> Smith family party of four yeah. for the ring. Yeah, wow. Um, was there as many taxis back then? <clears throat> I think there were about eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, not positive. So that's grown. What do we have now? Thirty-four. 32, oh, maybe. Yeah, I think I it's know, 32. 32. or 34. And, um, yeah, as you know, I don't follow my facts very well. Um, so the, I guess the number of taxis has grown over time as the number of people coming to the island.
3: Well, gone. we're in a unique situation as far as state of Rhode Island is concerned. The state gave Block Island back in the 20s or 30s or something the authority to run their own cabs as opposed to state cabs, uh, communities where our license doesn't allow us to work in Narragansett right. or elsewhere. It's right. limited to the island. And I think it was probably made really good sense back in those days that, yeah.
0: It's still That does. little place out there. Let them, yeah. Look, there's a reason, you know, when you say uh, politely they gave us the authority, I find that they dump things they don't want to deal with on us, too, at the same time, in, in a good way. Like, they used to have a state road crew. Now they just give us the the money to cover the cost to maintain the roads. And our town takes care of everything. State Beach is now town, Fred Benson Town Beach, which is great because, you know, on the mainland Rhode Island, I'm hearing about... Uh, parking fees going through the roof, $20 a day to park to go to the beach. And we still, our town council has stood up to, to not let them. But, uh, what else? They, the, the life, the life saving state, um, I'm sorry, the old Coast Guard station that was given to us by the state. You know, so there's quite yeah. a few, there's quite a history where I think the state finds it's just better. Better let, to leave those let people, block let, island, let those yeah. people deal with everything. Well, I mean, like honestly, I, I, they saw the writing on the wall with how would they house the people needed to, con- to continue running the state beach and to maintain it and to maintain the roads. And, you know, they figured it's just better if we.
2: Well, How much you do know. you think, how much do you think the state's, uh, you know, willingness? Is it, is it that they, they think it's, they thought it's better for us to handle things our, on our own or do you think the block island community is like that's okay state we don't need please stay out of our business kind of thing well it, the history of it is
3: you know technically speaking it's still 12 miles from the mainland to here back in those days by comparison it was about 18 miles <laughs> boats were slower there yeah. were fewer of them and then, until the 50s there wasn't an airport yeah all that stuff so we were more really independent and And it's not that I don't believe that the island tried to break away from the state, per se. It's just that it was the way it was at that time. First warden could put people in jail. He he actually had the power. First and second warden had the powers of uh, being a judge, like in a district court. Not superior court, but district. Because you wouldn't want to have to ship somebody off to the mainland, go to court there, and then come back. And even to this day, I think many of us, when, when at least when I was in the police department, when you incarcerated somebody or you had to take them in or something, try to handle it locally. Right. It just makes sense. Yeah. Particularly yeah. when we were dealing with juveniles. The last thing I think Paul and I ever wanted to do was put a record on a kid.
2: Yeah, you know? and get them caught up in the system, and then that's, yeah.
3: So we ended up having, or started having, uh, like a juvenile guard. It was known from the police department, it was parents on the aisle, and we used to hold first those warden,
0: meetings. Yeah, and I think Ed McGovern was first warden one time. He well, I heard some kids had to appear before him.
3: Um, at one time, the best story of first warden in my <laughs> time Thursdays from noon to one, we would hold court at the firebond. And people who had, you know, open container of alcohol or, you know, speeding would have been the state, but a local stuff yeah. issues. And uh, Nick DiPetrillo, who was second warden, Jack Gray was the first warden, and Jack had to go to the mainland or something that day. So now it's Captain Nick, <laughs> the honorable Captain it was hilarious, so I'm there running like the court end of it, and it was like, okay, so we've got six people on the list we're going to yeah. handle uh somebody did this, so they come in, and they pay it the five dollar fine, and they go off. We set it up between twelve and one, so a worker's wouldn't lose time okay on their lunch break so we had one time when um i love the tuna and a five dollar penalty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good uh anyway when the honorable nicholas was uh, doing and we had and so the next person up was someone that nick didn't like so he turned to me and he said chief Bring the next guilty bastard in.
1: Uh.
3: (laughs) I went, Nick, you
1: can't do that.
2: (laughs) I've heard people when I talk, when I've talked to people about Nick and getting stories, they've said this line bring the next guilty, but I've never known where that story came from. They just say that's where it's from.
0: Yes. Guilty until proven innocent. Oh, man.
2: On Block Island. I think this is like the true definition of what they call a kangaroo court, right? Or putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
3: I mean, the ramifications
2: of it that one, that was just Nick being Nick. Sure. And what did Nick uh, impose as a sentence? Community service? Go sweep the floors at Captain Nick's rock and roll bar for yeah, the summer? You need summer. to paint two hotel rooms. Yeah, you need to paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a yeah. bad idea. No, no, what? No, you got no, any no, other no. good stories about Captain Nick?
3: Um, when he had the building on on the hill the before inn. he built the right the old Block Island Inn. Um, one night I got a call from Ed McGovern, who was his bartender. Yeah, it was like in March or April. It was still way off season in yeah. those days. And uh, so Ed McGovern calls and answered at my house. And at that time, you took the phone, just call forwarded. Yeah. You know, so it would answer. So, anyway, I said you, Ed said, You better get down here. There's a problem here with Nick and some customers. And I'm thinking, gee, at least he's got some customers. <laughs> <laughs> the positive spin. <laughs> and so I went in through the back door and pulled up there and went in the door. And I walked in and s- sitting next to him, uh, there was a space. Of one, so I came into that space where the stool was between he and the other person and I said, Nick, what is your problem? He goes, It's on your immediate right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a fellow Black Islander who don't have to mention his yeah. name and uh Nick had thrown them out or to he did it orally and uh they wouldn't go, <laughs> and when I walked in, there were about seven fishermen who had pulled in for the night, selling scallops on the island. Oh yeah, and uh, I went, "Oh boy, I'm going. I've got my hands full tonight because you're by yourself." And uh, none of them—they had nothing to do with it. They were just watching the yeah, show. They- <laughs> <laughs> so it was I'm- one of the two locals, not the not the <laughs> intruding uh, scallop men. Yeah. And it was uh, just a fun time. So how'd you diffuse
2: that situation?
3: It went out the back door and... Was never heard from again. A fight broke out and it ended because (laughs) in the back of Nick's, he had a very poor septic system. (laughs) Oh, no.
2: (laughs) I'll leave it at that.
1: (laughs) Oh...
0: <laughs> you showed
2: the uh the offending parties the in ground pool. You threw yes. them in the in
0: ground pool, right? <laughs> Literally, yeah. Literally, somebody
2: got the shit kicked out of them.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: and the object there was that you got to stay on top.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh.
0: oh, that's disgusting. It I ended remember. very
3: quickly, just because of what I said I, there. I, I just gonna, imagine. Oh my yeah. God! You look back at that, and you. How do you press charges in this one?
2: Wow. I don't know. You say the guy was just full of shit, I guess. Yep, that's <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Man. That's hilarious. I, I
2: would love to just... I mean, we've gotten a couple of great stories, but the vault, your vault must be just chock full of these stories.
3: I've had... It was... I went seven years, seven and a half years on the police department. Then Riker took over. Yeah. And each time it got better. Yeah. I mean... I got us to the point where we were walking on two feet, not four. Yep. And he took it another thing to the beginning of uh, the uh, computers, you know, yep. and, which really transformed it as far as information.
2: Yeah. He
0: he uh, he, he was probably the last. Uh, I guess I would call him old school chief. You know, I liked him a lot. He was a great guy. But yes, he got away with a. Lot, we always talk about block on lagging a few decades. I remember a story somebody told me where basically. This woman um, went to Paul and whoever was his assistants. So let's not name anybody, and said, "My my boyfriend's back at the hotel, and he punched me or something like that." And he goes, "Well, you just stay right here with me." So and so head on up to the hotel and tell them how we feel about hitting women. And I guess it was just taken care of that way. Like, yep. <laughs> he opened a can of whoop ass on the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff you'd never get away. Yeah, with. you couldn't no. do that now. A couple of times, swift, swift uh, justice. Yeah, <laughs> 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 walking tall. We had a.
3: Uh, a dispatch at twenty four hours yeah. you couldn't lock anyone up because you can't close that building down and Just have somebody you, yeah. in jail, you know, and they could die in there, so <laughs> be not unusual for uh sometimes it didn't happen often, but uh, my kids would get up in the morning at the house, come downstairs, and check underneath the dining room table
0: where I'd have somebody handcuffed. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. Well, it was either that or you had to spend... Either they spent the night with you or you had to spend the night at the police station. Oh, my gosh. And me, my daughter, Carrie, always said,
3: Dad, do you remember when you did this? <laughs> no, they weren't criminals. I wouldn't want to right. bring them right. home. Right. They were just yeah. Maybe someone who yeah, had a drunken, too much to drink, or, or, or just, As you yeah. said, someone who um, lives in the yellow house, but he didn't... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a yellow house. One of the things that we would really enjoy, and I mean enjoy it, was the challenge of Halloween on Block Island from the police department point of view to what
0: the mischief makers.
3: That's all right. What the kids would do. Yep. And um, that's when the kids were uh, the halls. Oh, it was like a rivalry boy. Oh, it was fun. And you'd you'd almost challenge them. I mean, one time, if you were coming down with a um on Water Street across the street from where your hotel was. Yeah, yeah. At. Yeah, the harbor. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> they
3: had it all with uh cement blocks. Yeah. About six foot high. Like you a could,
0: bunker. Like a cinder block wall. Just
3: one, just the wall. Something like what <laughs> Trump wanted. And um it they made but Made it sound so, but you could pull in where, like, the cabs are now. Yeah. And get around. Yeah. Now, they were smart. So they knew
0: we wouldn't get really to off all fast. Right. It didn't <laughs> obstruct uh, justice or stop you from getting to an emergency. So a
3: couple of times, I think. Oh, one time, I think it was Russell Littlefield, and uh, I keep forgetting the other fellow's name. I mean, they were screwing around, having a good time. We took them down to, and that night, Riker and I had worked together. yeah yeah
2: yeah halloween was your life you
3: you didn't want to miss the fun yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you took people down to uh talk about what we got away with yeah take them down and then uh, at the dump and it was the dump then yeah and with what you know the wire ties put them up on the fence and uh they wouldn't be hanging. I mean, their feet would be on the ground. Sure, sure. You put them there for 20, 30 minutes, and, you know, it's total dark and everything. You
2: say, <laughs> watch out for the rats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. Continue. tied to a chain link fence. <laughs> and then you guys drive away and just laugh at them
3: for a little while. <laughs> Continue on down to uh, Settler's Rock, turn around and come back. And they were gone. <laughs> <laughs> Well into- that's what
2: happens when rats eat you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, or the Littlefield boys get together. They're pretty pretty uh yeah, crafty, yeah. especially uh Russell I'm sure that was the intention. I think one of yeah, them may yeah, have a been
1: a
3: Fletcher, Andy Fletcher. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I
2: forget the other one. But um
0: He's a listener. It, it was
3: just uh, <laughs> and they were so proud they did it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so were we. <laughs> imagine going to your parents today and saying the chief did this to me yeah no but that's why it was a better time and it was a fun time everything wasn't criminalized you know they were they were kids growing up and Riker and i would talk to each other and say that that's what we did
1: yeah
3: (laughs) and we made out all right so
0: i remember the beach parties and having to run into the bushes when Riker was coming You know, underage and whooping (laughs) it up, and all of a sudden, you know, cops, cops. And it didn't matter what was in the bushes, you went in and you just (laughs) laid low and you didn't move until, you know, because like you said, there's only a couple of them. They couldn't really, you know, I was, unlike Vin here, I was not a track star. So
2: (laughs) you were the first one. I could not run fast. You were the one that people were looking at
0: saying, I only have to outrun you. Yeah, my skill was camouflage. Ah. (laughs) That's what I would do. Blend in, pull the branches and don't move. (laughs) <laughs> so uh after your
2: tenure as a uh, chief of police is that when you got into the cab driving
3: no that came later i uh, managed a few different places on the island like the blue dory the atlantic mm-hmm. and the springhouse and sullivan house right right and uh the worst one i think was uh, they were all fun and they were good times um when the o'briens purchased uh, smugglers oh yeah and uh gary ryan was the head chef phil o'brien was his sous chef and uh mike ran the bar and and i was the general manager i guess and uh it just was a
2: nothing went right in that thing and it, no one's fault it just it, didn't go sometimes that happens you know you have an idea or you have a place that seems like a slam dunk and
0: for whatever reason it just isn't the but the re- and the reality is it only takes one or two things to not go right those are the restaurant businesses it's yeah it's it's a tough one every there's so oh, many aspects and you know a lot of moving parts really yeah yeah and your Brian's
2: were uh, very uh
3: patient with us you know oh, we, it, it's still just we could we could how was get your
2: uh, how was the how was the liquor cost at that restaurant that year <laughs> i think mike had a
3: thing when you he hired people to check uh ages when you came in yeah and if you were over 21 you weren't allowed in <laughs> 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 he denies that but i still have fun with him on it
0: well, you know, when you don't even have a driver's license and you're shuttling a van to a hotel, you know, that's yeah, you're not of, so concerned with uh, no. you know, identification and mere age restrictions, and, yeah, yeah, mere technicalities.
2: Yeah. So, when did you get into driving the cab? When did you get your your cab <sighs> license ish? Probably, probably 15 years ago, I okay. Think. 15, 16. So, this was kind of like your quote unquote retirement gig. It helped, yes. But Great you're working. Deal. You're out there all the time. You were have been out there for years,
3: all the time. When I did it, I uh, my first year, there were only two of us that stayed out in the winter. <clears throat> it was Avery, yeah, and uh, myself. And uh, it was uh, wasn't necessarily worth it, but it was fun. Avery was good company, and we knew each
2: other well. So, I remember the. Did you start out with, when you got your cab license, did you immediately go out and buy the big Mercedes Sprinter or did no? You drive I, something else? No, I had those. Chevrolet Astros. Okay. But I remember when you got that Mercedes Sprinter and that thing showed up because it was like, whoa, that's it. Look at that cab. Whose is that?
3: And then it's like, the, oh, it's Vince. The reasonings on that was I thought it would supplement compliment when we did weddings that would be like the limousine sure and it held more than a limousine yeah so it that worked out well on that thing but were were the other so do every other van (laughs) sure it
0: definitely stands out it stands out uh, you know
2: were the other cab drivers like whoa nice 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 ride man or like no they call me darth vader (laughs) (laughs)
3: Hmm.
2: (sighs) (laughs) get in the cab (laughs) So did you but, enjoy your? Do you enjoy the cab life? Or I didn't do it. I mean, I did it last year yeah, until well, March, right?
3: Right. Uh, and then came back on I think Memorial Day weekend, and then I had uh, some issues. And I got flown yeah. off the island, and uh, so I I didn't. Right. Quite honestly, I didn't leave the house. I don't think for uh, well, as did many June, of July, yeah. August, yeah. And uh, so I may get back into it this year. I mean, All the right. cab
2: will be on the road. Generally right? speaking, you enjoyed driving the cab, though, talking to the people. and It was excellent. I yeah. enjoyed the fact that <clears throat> I had more fun pick, taking
3: people out to Southwest Point because that meant they owned the house. So every time they came, yeah, they, even when they came on weekends in yeah. the winter, I had that
0: call. Yeah, Vinny's phone is so busy that we that own taxis you you have to be on you want to be on his good side because he's like a dispatcher Ah. because he'll have the people walking up to the van he will have stuff scheduled for a wedding and he'll still have his phone ringing and he'll put those out to you or other and it's funny i've seen some not not necessarily you but i've seen some some cabbies they'll just put it out over the radio if it's a random call but if it's like people that they care about they'll actually call you on your phone and say hey can you pick up this family? They're very nice. They they don't they want to make sure that it, they get a good yeah. quality treatment. Not saying that all the cabbies don't give good quality treatment, but there's a slight variation in style. Gotcha. <laughs> shall we say nicely stated? Yeah. How is that? That sound politically correct? <laughs> you could write that one. Yes, and mm-hmm. you could publish. It. Some of them are just guilty bastards. <laughs> Some of them, yes, true. <laughs> uh,
2: and uh now. You you have two daughters. Four. You have four daughters. Uh, they were all working out here with you back in the day. At some point. Well, when we moved over in seventy two, I only had
3: three daughters. Two daughters. You're right. And uh, they were. One was in kindergarten or whatever. Yeah. and the other was about
2: third grade, but so I mean they're in their fifties now. Yeah, but now your young, uh, your youngest, Kathleen, is a restaurateur, and she has uh, a correct? Um, and it's in located in the same building as Rich's old restaurant. That's Turkeys. Correct, sure is correct. Yes. Uh, uh, so yet another like you
0: know <laughs> spin of the wheel on Block Island. Oh, and, so many yeah integrated. And your youngest daughter Meredith was, I believe a window girl at finn's when i was a cook there so we, we were i actually worked with one of your daughters she was
3: and I, when i'd be standing on the porch of the national and i'd hear number 33 <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could hear
0: her up there yeah and i think they use rocks Yes, no, so we, had painted, have... we had a bowl full of rocks that had numbers painted. Oh, that yeah, was, yeah. that yeah. was your number when you were called. And the gag was we had this one rock that was probably about the size of a football. It was like number 10,463 million. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know. And once in a while, we would give that to someone. Here's your stone, sir. We'll call your number. Yeah. And the thing weighs like 40 <laughs> pounds. And then you'd hear them go, 10,486. And they'd be like, Oh, to come back up with this
2: giant rock. That's a good one. Yeah. So when uh, Meredith um, – sorry, Kathleen has been uh, – I don't know if she did this past winter, but I, I, in uh previous winter, I know she kept her restaurant open year-round. And she was at one point the only restaurant year-round. They used to work that out accordingly with um,
3: – especially now the Old Island Pub. Right. And also the PPP. Yep. You know, let's say, we're going to shut down for a week or two and uh, go vacation yep. or clean. You know, really do it. Yeah, repairs, spring, whatever, spring clean, and you know, all those, yeah. and uh, they all coordinated. Yeah, and they still do. I yep. mean, it, you won't find them both leaving town the same, you know,
2: the same yeah. week. Did uh, did did uh, you know? Did Kathleen ever come to you, uh, you know, and and say, you know, oh God, Dad, you know, this running this restaurant in the wintertime, I it's so hard. This and and I wonder. <laughs>
1: I, that was my question. did
2: didn't you try and tell her what it was going to be like? She's
3: very much like me in a in a sense that thick. Was, <laughs> I wouldn't say I'd say persistent. Okay. Anyway, it's she, she, all the girls. I've been a very fortunate human being to have yeah. those four girls, and they taught me some things too. In town because when we all lived in the same house, uh, I had our daughters my wife and my mother-in-law living with us who was a wonderful wonderful person so the thing i probably learned most out of that was they taught me to remember to put down the toilet seat <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's when we uh
0: yeah you know that's yeah. when you, you do learn
2: my my uh, wife is the youngest of three daughters and my father-in-law pete who's a great guy Is uh you know has a it's a very interesting dynamic when you're the sole male in a you know household. They spoiled me. I mean, I really, really was. It was a wonderful experience. Proud, proud of Kathleen and your your girls for you know what they're doing. And yes, they've they've all done pretty well. Good, Meredith, uh, I
3: delivered her
2: on the island. Really.
0: Oh, that's right. Was yeah, this a yeah. planned
2: thing or it just. No. Okay, so that just it happened. It was
3: uh, Labor Day or the day after Labor Day, 74. And uh, my wife, Meredith, was pregnant, but she was dispatching at the station. Yeah. And it, believe me, it wasn't nepotism. It was just nobody else wanted the job. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy Riker, the same thing with Paul. Yeah. And, yeah, that's right. And so. Uh, i got a call from her and it's come back to you know signal five come back to the So i finally got there and uh wasn't in any hurry because nothing ever goes wrong on that you know the day after everybody so i was down on the boat saying goodbye to the state troopers who i had you know they worked with us very yeah. well or we worked with them whatever and uh you know see you next year and all that stuff and I, the call came in like the third time and i went i better get back there <laughs> i got back there and there's meredith lying on the floor with the microphone in her hand of course in those days they were wired up at what you couldn't <laughs> didn't have a independent mic went, oh my god uh, and she had dropped her water so picked her up and put her in the back seat of the uh, vehicle and drove up to the med center and uh, the doctor that was there um in and he said, Well, she's not my patient, we bring her to the mainland. And I went, no, the last boat just left, you know. <laughs> so he goes, This is, and he gave a letter. And he, finally, he, he turned to me, and we all good friends. I mean, not necessarily friends, but we all knew each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, the family, the Block Island family. And he said, uh, Are you the father? I looked at him and, like, Yeah, that could be possibility, but I mean, I just most uh, likely. <laughs> uh, I said, "Yeah, I really think so." Doc, he says, "Well, you caused the
0: problem. You deliver her." Huh? Oh, there you go. So he. uh So you took her home and you handcuffed her under the uh, dining <laughs> table <laughs> for the night, I, but she had her own key, you know. Um,
3: <laughs> put her up in the stirrups and. Uh, Delivered, delivered your daughter. Delivered your daughter. And the doctor was sitting in chair, told me what to do. Put the gloves on, turned here, and twist this. And, and, uh, wow. So, anyway, a baby came out, and I was like, I, I mean it, it must have been five, six minutes before I even knew the gender. Yeah. I, I just never thought, you know. You must have been in shock. I mean, I would have been in shock. <clears throat> And so, anyway, the doctor's still sitting there and everything. So, Andy got up and we tied the umbilical cord. He taught me and yeah. uh, cut it, and uh, everything's there, and, and everything was fine. And then, finally, I think it was Ruth Van. Oh, yeah. Because the word went out, and uh, she was an EMT at the time and came up and took one look at me, and she said, Chief, get out of here. We'll take over from here. So I went into the uh, bathroom and uh, spent the time adoring the porcelain idol. I was, <laughs> I was re- really chucked up. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! What oh. a story! Holy that cow. that's the truth. See. I believe it. At the time, was uh, was the first baby born on Block Island in twenty five years.
0: Actually, born on the
3: island. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, wow. and the one bef- you know, the one that she surpassed was Jimmy Mitchell. Oh, interesting. No kidding. So so when the word got out, and we took her home and put her upstairs, and we were at the Neptune, and we lived in the Neptune then. We hadn't done what it looks like now. We lived on the south side of that, and um, put her in bed. And my my mother-in-law, she was great at this. She was taking over. Captain Nick found out. (laughs) Nick had a tent you know, Nick had everything. But he had a <laughs> he had a tent. And he put a tent up in our front yard and uh we had a party the whole night. It was <laughs> it was great. And wow. There, there was my wife Meredith and even at the doctor's office, Meredith always smoked. She's when she was in the stirrup, she had a cigarette in her hand. I think it was a cool or you a not good old day. A Newport, I think. A Newport. And um there she was at home, and um, same thing. And she had a can
2: against it, and <laughs> 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 it was
3: great.
0: Oh, wow. that's awesome,
2: Vin! You've worn a lot of hats, like I said at the top of the show. I mean, uh, I'm surprised. i surprised. I've never knew midwife was one of those hats. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Really oh, incredible. That's really put it good. this way. I, I
3: retired right after
2: that. That was it for yeah, yeah,
0: for being a midwife. <laughs> Hey, listen, Vin, I hate to cut this any shorter than I think there's a lot more. I think we're just scratching the surface. I hope you'll consider coming back with us again someday. But for now, I I think we got to be at the end. Well, thank you for taking time to uh, be with us. And listeners, thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Thanks to our sponsors for making this possible. And please reach out to us, as always, at our email if you have any comments or questions. Two guys on bi at gmail.com.
2: And don't forget to follow us on all of the proper social media channels. And please, whatever you do, do please make sure you subscribe to our podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to us. Uh, and that's it for this week. Once again, thanks so much to Vin McAloon for being with us. And uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll see you next week, right?
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Vin. Thanks, Vin. Thank you. Hey, Rich. Yeah. Have you ever delivered a baby before? No, I haven't. But i w I've tried a lot. Yeah. But I <laughs> they never say yes. I
2: know, that's a problem. Getting right. their consent is difficult because you yeah. have to I don't how do you get a message to them
0: in there? I, I to send a text. I'm okay. like when the time comes, make Can sure you I, text me so I'll be there please and tell your mom usually, hire me. Yeah, they're with, yeah. usually like, um I don't get a text. Yeah. I just find out there's a baby. What shall do with
1: drunken sailor? What shall do
3: with drunken sailor?
1: What shall do with the drunken sailor. We're dying the morning.